Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys, welcome back to the Equipping and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for the show. And with me today is my friend and sister in Christ, Susan Heck. Susan, welcome to the Equipping and Grace podcast. Thank you. I'm looking forward to our time together, Dave. Me too. Me too, sister. Uh, can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your life, marriage, ministry? And, you know, you have many, I know, ministry projects that you are a part of working on book projects and speaking engagements. So maybe tell us a little bit about those. Okay. Um, yeah, I grew up here in Oklahoma. Dad was a minister, married a minister. And um, so uh, he passed away a year and a half ago in August of 21. And so um, I, after the Lord saved me, I really developed a, a hunger for his word that I'd never had before, even though I read my Bible every day. But um, I started writing studies for the ladies in my church. And um, I had some friends and uh, uh, author Martha Peace, who who really encouraged me to get my materials published. And I really wasn't looking for that. I just wanted to help my husband shepherd the flock. I wanted to shepherd the women and just be a strength and, and a helpmate to him. But anyway, um, through the encouragement of Martha Peace and some other ladies, I um, I did publish my first book, uh, James, and with the Master in the School of Test of Faith. And that was a beginning of a journey. I've uh, written to date uh, 16 expository studies for women <clears throat> with along with some counseling and discipleship helps. Uh, I think I've written seven of those. So um, I'm still... Um, eight are published of the expository studies and first Peter's coming out in March with the master in the fiery furnace. And then second Peter will come out after that with the master uh, remembering precious truths. And so it's been a journey. You know, when I first started traveling uh, 25 years ago, um, it was strange. The first call I got that said, Hey, we want you to come to our church. And I said, for what? <laughs> she, said, <laughs> she said to speak. And I said, about what? I, I didn't even know that if you wrote a book, you might get asked to speak somewhere. So anyway, that started, it was like, you know, maybe a couple of years and then five and then 10. And around the time my husband was uh, getting sick, he had a stroke uh, about, it's been about five and a half years ago now. Um, he, uh, and he got, he recovered and was back in the pulpit. But anyway, I was going out maybe 15, 18 times a year. And now today, uh, Debbie, who travels with me, uh, we have 36 on the calendar this year with uh, pending two more that I'm supposed to add. So 38 weekends out of 52 weeks in a year, that is a very, very busy traveling schedule. So um, the Lord has been kind. Honestly, Dave, I've not, I really haven't sought anything. Even the publisher sought me out, uh, Focus Publishing. And so I, I remember, um, how it all really began was when I was watching a Beth Moore a video that somebody wanted me to check her out. I didn't even know who she was. This was a long time ago. And I remember putting it in the, it was a VHS uh, tape. So that tells you how long ago mm -hmm. I put it in the 
the the box there and my husband sat down to watch it with me and 15 minutes later he goes I'm going to bed <laughs> and I said well, I said I'm going to watch the whole thing because I need to let my friend know what I think of her she's asked me to critique her and I remember turning that off and I bowed my head after it was over and I said Lord that was disgusting and if you want to use me for your glory I'm willing to go wherever you want me to go do whatever you want me to do I just want to help women to be equipped in scripture and uh, to know the truth. Mm. So that really was the beginning. And um, so the Lord has done it all and he's kept me uh, healthy and able to do this. And I'm so thankful. And now with my husband in, in glory, um, I'm single. So I have more time to invest in women uh, and more time to study and to memorize and, and, uh, uh, as a single woman, I complete the Lord. So I'm just uh, giving my life to him, whatever he wants to do with it. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. That's wonderful, sister. That's wonderful to, to hear how the Lord is indeed using you. And uh, he He definitely is. As you travel around the country and as you speak to you know women all throughout our country, uh, what most encourages you about what the Lord is doing in and through women's ministries throughout our country? The most encouraging thing I've noticed is the there are so many women that are hungry for the truth. And I think that some of the teachers that have been around for a while that have vacated the truth of God's word and they're no longer teaching the truth or teaching fables, women are waking up to this and it's causing them to feel empty. And so uh, that is encouraging to me to see women coming and uh, the conferences are well attended and they're wanting to hear the scriptures. And this, I'd have to say married with that is the amount of women I'm meeting that are memorizing books of the Bible now. And I'm so thankful that the Lord is using me to encourage women to memorize God's word and they're seeing it change their life. So I would say it's the most encouraging thing. It's centered around the word of God. You got hungry women. They want to hear the word. They want to memorize the word and live it out. And, um, that's the most mm. encouraging thing I've seen. Mm, that's wonderful. Now, as you travel around the country, you know, speaking to women in the local church, uh, what most concerns you about women's ministry in our country? Well, recently, I would say the most recent thing that has been discouraging is there is an increase in pastors who are doing away with women's ministries mm -hmm. and are saying that women only need to learn from them. And so it's kind of this federal view of uh, control, a patriarchal view. And so uh, some don't even want the women learning from older women in the church. And so I would say that's been really? a concern I've, I've had not necessarily the churches I've been going to, but churches, women that will come to these conferences or women I'm discipling now through the United States. And they're telling me that their women's ministry is being shut down. And these are these. So that's a concern of mine right now. Wow. Um, and I don't understand why, because I would think if you have somebody that is an older godly woman who can teach and and mentor and govern women, why wouldn't you want your women to be strong in the word, be women who honor their husbands and bring up their children in the nurture and admonition of Christ? Why wouldn't you want that in your church? So that's been the, the thing I'm concerned about. I'd say before that, it was I was concerned about 
how many women are, you know, drinking in the false teachers of our day, but I think women are waking up and I'm so thankful for that. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that concerns me too. Uh, I hadn't heard that, but I don't think anybody who would listen to our podcast would, uh, to this podcast would, would support that. But if you, if that is your view, I mean, I would just encourage you to go look at Titus too you know, and, and to encourage the women to get in the word. And you, if you're a pastor, you you shouldn't be the one necessarily. I mean, you should be preaching on Sunday, but you should be encouraging other godly women to, to be raised up. And so that, that is very, very concerning. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, you were talking about false. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I said, yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) So why do false uh, teachers author so many women's studies and what can we do about this disturbing trend? Well, I think the reason so many women uh, author false teaching in their books is because, number one, they are we are considered uh, Satan's prey. According to Timothy, false teachers crept into houses and led captive, silly women led away by their various lusts. So they. They worm their way into houses. Women uh, sometimes are good at wasting time. And so they they are started in the garden. They listen to the voice of the charmer. They're not listening to the word of God. And then I think it has to also not only lie with the fact that we are the weaker vessel and we're more easily deceived. But I also think what I'm seeing in our culture is men are becoming weak and women want to take over. And so. The husbands are not uh, leading their wives, shepherding their wives. Um, You know, I miss that about my husband. He was, I love talking theology and the Bible with him. And I can see how if I were left to myself, um, and now I have a son and son-in-law that I talk to about stuff. They're both pastors, but this dangerous. It's dangerous for a woman to go off on her own. And uh, she needs that protection of of a man. And so um, I think the husbands are not, not, I'm not saying across the board, but we see men becoming more passive and women becoming more aggressive. Mm -hmm. And so they are taking over and and the Bible says, we'll do that. You know, you're going to want to rule, but he's going to rule over you. So um, I think women haven't been taught the godly role model uh, from the scriptures and there is a vacuum for that. So, um, and I think women will run amok and, Women are, are uh, they're feeling oriented. So they base everything on their emotions. And so they're, they're prone to write fluff and things that feed the women's emotions. And it doesn't really leave them with much substance of um, truth, foundation of truth. So that's my two cents. <laughs> that's, that, that's a lot of two cents right there. And it makes a lot of sense. No. Um, yeah, that's what I see. There's a lot of men that, you know, just on that particular point there, I would, I would say there's too many men in the church today. And the statistics bear this out every year after year that are, that have given themselves not to Christ in the church and to, you know, that, to that godly view of manhood described in the Bible, but instead they've given their heart and their mind and soul to, to pornography. Mm-hmm. destroying them it's literally mm-hmm. destroying the men in our church yeah and if most if most people knew that even the were aware of the stats on that i mean it's heartbreaking it is heartbreaking um and it's hurting it's hurting the church it's hurting marriage but 
you know, I'm concerned as well about, you know, women's uh, books in general. Um, they're, they're generally fluffy. Um, mm-hmm. They lack substance or you have many, many popular now women teachers who have gone to the woke agenda, their social justice. They've even support the yoga and Enneagram and yeah. Yeah, they do. And it's crazy. And women that started out sound, Dave, they've gone, they're going crazy. They're buying into the woke or they're buying into uh, the compromised scripture. And so some women that I used to be able to recommend, I can't anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just heartening. <clears throat> yeah. We had, we've had many women of those women on this show and I, and I won't have them back because mm-hmm. the direction in which they've gone. Um, mm-hmm. And that's sad because I've become, I become friends with them. And, um, you know, it's mm-hmm. something that it's something that bothers me. It's something that disturbs me, but it's also something that I'm saying that I am on the watch for mm-hmm. because not enough people are on the watch anymore. They're not watching. They don't care. They'll just have, it's all about clicks and downloads. And, um, I always want to tell people that it matters to me who listens and watches this show, uh, <laughs> Because uh, God's going to hold me accountable for that. That's right. <laughs> that's a that's a fearful. Amen. Thing, you know, so you know, you are well known for memorizing the Bible. So I figure this is a great <laughs> opportunity to ask about you know how important is biblical memorization, and and then the follow up: how can Christians start to memorize the Bible? I think it's imperative that we memorize. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Uh, the godly man meditates day and night. <clears throat> Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So we really can't, we don't get a king's ex. We can't <clears throat> um, justify or excuse it away. Do you have to memorize the whole Bible? No, but I think we should be memorizing scripture, some portion of God's word. Mm. The Lord laid that on my heart. I, I, My husband had most of the New Testament memorized when I met him. The man who discipled him had the whole Bible memorized. And so I, once I started memorizing, I, it became a, a passion and a drive and uh, almost an addiction. Like I, I look forward to memorizing, working on memory work. And so it's probably my favorite spiritual discipline. Hmm. Um, so I think, um, you know, we, we have to do it. How do we get started? You just got to start. You Uh, You can get on my YouTube channel, listen to the method that I use, uh, that my husband taught me. Uh, There's many methods now. There's a there's a lot of Bible memory apps on phones where you can download those and and use those if you want to. Uh, There's all kinds of ways you can put it on cards. You can do stickers. You can. um, I have my method and I like it. It works for me. I have a review system that works for me, but everybody has to find their own niche. But I think. We can't excuse it. We, we've got to be hiding God's word in our heart. And how we do that is really up to the individual. So I think you got to get started. Find an accountability partner. Find something in scripture you'd really like to memorize, a psalm, a, maybe a short book of the Bible like Colossians, Philippians. Um, you know, uh, start with a smaller project. Don't try to start with Matthew or I'm in Genesis right now in chapter 18. So you probably don't want to start with Genesis if you've never memorized any scripture. But, um, you know, Ruth would be good for ladies. That's just four chapters. Um, so just pick something and begin 
and try the technique that works for you. Yeah. How, how do you, how has memorization helped you as you, you know, face your own trials and those kind of things? You know, I don't know where I would be without, uh, the word of God. I mean, I know I can open my Bible. I've got one here right on my desk, got one in my bedroom. I've got Bibles everywhere, but I've got my husband's Bibles, uh, which I read last year, um, or looked at his notes, but, um, you know, it's really, I don't know what I do without it. Um, as a widow, as a pastor, former pastor's wife, as a biblical counselor now for 20 years, uh, it's, it's been a joy to be able to counsel and help women. And I don't have to, you know, someone comes in, they have a problem. And in my mind, I'm scanning, I'm scanning scripture that I know, and I'm able to give a word without having to fumble around or Google it. I, I can just say, you know, this is what God says. And uh, so it's helped me to be a better counselor, a uh, better pastor's wife, better wife when I was a wife, better mother, grandma, friend. Um, and so it's given me direction. It's given me hope. Uh, it's comforted me in, in my widowhood. It's been the word of God and Christ has been my delight and joy, my, my shield, my comfort. And so I, I don't know how people do. I don't know how people survive without it. <laughs> so honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really well said. Very helpful. What is your advice to pastors wanting to encourage the women leading women's ministry in their local church? My advice to them would would be to appoint a, a woman's council or some type of woman's ministry team uh, with um, women who are godly, who fit the qualifications of Titus 2. Uh, they are holy. They're not given to any, they're not enslaved to any sin. They're not a gossip. They're a teacher of good things. And so I would find a group of women like that and build a, a ministry team there. I, if you can, if you have an expositor of scripture in your church, who's a woman who's been equipped in the scriptures, that's always the best. I think to have a teacher, if not find a good lady's study that is a real Bible study, not fluff, not not garbage, not based on felt needs. And, uh, you know, I think other books are fine, but they don't really feed your soul. I, I've tried to go through some of the other books with my ladies and they're OK for discipling and maybe a, a summer thing. But the women need to be in the word. Mm. <clears throat> so if you don't have a woman who can teach herself, I think finding a good ladies Bible study and have someone who can is equipped to, to lead it is a good idea. And then they need to be shepherded. I mean, there needs to be elders or whatever the church government is. They need to be over the women's ministry. I don't make any decisions for the women in my church without running it by my elders. Um, you know, I mean, not any, we, we, they always know what's going on. And, and so I think that's very important too. They need to be held accountable and be shepherded. Yeah, that's really, really good. Really good. How important is it for women in our local churches to have a mentor and what should they look for? And what are some things that they should avoid in selecting one? Um, they want to find someone that they can emulate. Um, so what I do when someone calls me and says, hey, how do I find a discipleship person in my church? I said, find someone that you want to emulate. Who in your church, what godly older woman would you like to follow as she follows Christ? And it's sad because a lot of time I will have women come back and say, my husband and I have talked about it. We've looked around at our church. Honestly, Susan, there's no one I'd want to follow. 
That's an indictment on the church. That's an indictment on older women who are not living out Titus 2. And so what do you want to look for? You want to look for that woman who is not enslaved to sin, who, you know, is, is fulfilling Titus 2 herself. She loves her husbands, her children. She's pure. She's keeper at home. She's good. She's obedient to her own husband. And she's she's teaching good things. And I don't know how that fleshes out with each woman, but, you know, you might want to take her to coffee and and uh, interview her, you know, ask her some hard questions. And uh, I've I've had people come and say, hey, will you disciple me? And yet I've sought other women out and say, hey, I, I'd like the opportunity to get with you and let's get together and talk about coffee, and maybe start a discipling relationship. So I think it can go both ways, but you want to look for a godly woman. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't settle for just getting together with another woman to talk about, you know, the COVID vaccine or president Biden or something like that. Uh, even though that might marry in somehow in your discipling relationship throughout your time together, but you want to focus on growing in Christ likeness. Mm, that's really good. That's really good. Well, tell us a little bit about, you know, your, your a little bit more about, you know, your current book projects. What are you, what are you working on r- right now and, and uh, where, where people can find some of that material? Well, they can find it on my website with the master.org. And like I mentioned, first Peter's coming out, then second Peter. And I'm working on uh, finishing up uh, edits for second volume of On Our Knees. Uh, that's probably our bestseller, On Our Knees. So we're, we've got a second volume coming out, um, the Upper Room Discourse with the Master in the Upper Room and First Thessalonians. So I'm working on getting all those ready. And then I'm kind of toying around with writing um, an expository work on uh, uh, Daughters of the Master, looking at various women in the Bible, mm-hmm. writing expository, you know, so each chapter would be about a different woman in the scriptures. So I'm, I'm toying around. A friend of mine wants me to do that. Um, so I'm thinking about it. So uh, that would be a little different, but might be helpful in that some ways. Good. So, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds really good. Well, Susan, where can people go to find uh, out more about you? You mentioned your website. Uh, tell us a little more about that. And I know that you do a bunch of YouTube uh, teachings, you know, to that you've done for for women and all that. So tell us about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, well, if they go to withthemaster.org, right on the front page, uh, there's a CR code and you can, uh, it'll take you anywhere. You can go to my YouTube channel. You can go to podcast. You can go. Uh, to the store to look at the resources we have that are for sale. Uh, my speaking schedule's on there. I mean, everything is right there. So it's really uh, easy to navigate and uh, they can find out everything they want to know about me and probably more than they want to know. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, everything's right there. So, Well, just as we wrap up here today, uh, you know, speak speak to the woman who is, you know, they're they're wanting to dig into the Bible. They're wanting to grow. They're hungry. You know the the women that you're contact they're contacting you. Uh, what what would you what would you want to say to them as we as we conclude our time together today? Oh, for that woman who's wanting to grow, I would encourage her. Uh, if if their church is not providing. Uh, a study, a, a Bible study, or a Titus II mentoring program. Uh, I would encourage her. She could join one of our Zoom classes. That's also right there on the front page of my website. We have several women going through my Bible studies and leading Zoom classes. They could do that. Uh, 
Um, if she can't find someone to disciple her in her church, uh, I also have women in my church that are discipling women uh, in other states. Uh, the best is the local church in her body, but I recognize some of these ladies live in rural areas. Some of these ladies can't find a solid biblical church. I would highly encourage her to find a good biblical church. She needs to find one and find someone to attach herself to who can help her to grow in Christ likeness. And um, it doesn't mean she negates her role as a wife and a mother, but that woman to woman relationship is very important. So, um, and I would encourage her to be in the word. I know one of the things my husband said often to his parishioners is you need to be taking in massive amounts of scripture. And so this year I decided just to read more. I usually read through the scriptures at least once a year, but this year I decided just to set aside a certain amount of time every day. And I think with what I'm going to be doing, I can read through the scriptures maybe three or four times this year. And my husband would read his Bible through every month, three or four times. So um, I have to say, it's really been a delight to set aside that time to just read, start in Genesis and just keep reading. And uh, I think right now I'm in Joshua. So just in what is today, the 18th, I've read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and I think half of Joshua, and that's just 20 extra minutes a day. So that's, you know, what's 20 minutes, nothing in any 24 hour day. So uh, I would encourage her to get in the word, find a good mentor, find a good church if you're not in one mm. and, um, and keep and grow. Don't be stagnant. Don't be content with status quo. Mm. Uh, we should be growing and learning mm. and re- ministering to other people. Reach out, use your spiritual gifts. Um, I could preach a sermon, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Susan, I am I am uh, seriously in all seriousness. I'm very encouraged by how the Lord is using you uh, to help so many women. And it's encouraging to see not only them, but but the the kind of woman like, you know, I could name one Burke Bartz, for example, the kind of women that you're coming alongside of are solid and that they're they're helped by you is uh, it's it's very encouraging. And uh uh, I'm I'm just really encouraged by that, and there's there's well, not it's enough a women. There's not enough women that are out there that are doing that are doing that, and there's too many women that are have fallen by the wayside. So please keep it up and keep. I plan up. on it. I as long as God keeps me going and healthy, I plan to keep on trucking. <laughs> keep trucking, yeah. Keep on trucking. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for your time today. I enjoyed talking with you, and uh, thankful for your ministry. Thank you, Dave. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.